the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money. I may sound like Rob, but I am not Rob. I'm Tony Mendez. I am sitting... Thank you very much. Sitting in for Rob, I'm the host of the Real Estate Report. You guys hear me all the time on Friday mornings. We talk about real estate and uh, you know anything that's, that can affect you and your decisions in the market pertaining to real estate. Sitting in with me today is Gordon Hines. He's the co-host of the Real Estate Report on Thursday. Er, it's Gordon M. Hines, and that could stand for money. It could stand for mortgage, but I'm pretty sure that M stands for Maurice. Today is money. Today is money. But, okay, Maurice. <laughs> um. And you can call the show 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220. And you can possibly get an email in to me at Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. But, um, you know, and we might hit a couple emails that uh, we hit last night at, on the show. And, again, it's at 6 o'clock on Thursday nights. It's uh, on 1220 a.m. Um, real estate's a, a pretty big topic for people in the Bay Area, Gordon. And I, th- I think that when somebody is looking at you know, their real estate portfolio. They may or may not have one yet. And they're, they might be looking to get into it. They're thinking about buying and they're, th- they're looking at affordability. And then they start seeing these headlines like um, home listing price cuts have become more common. Does that mean it's a buying time? Is it the signs that there's a loosening in the market? A slight chill coming for the Bay Area housing market. Redfin warns of a weakening real estate market. Mortgage default risks are climbing to three-year highs. I think that's a more interesting story than most people think it is um, about how programs are coming out and more and more people are defaulting on these new programs programs that we're seeing that are helping buyers get into properties or helping them refinance. What do you make of the market? What would you tell a Bay Area person today looking at at the state of the market? There's not a lot of inventory. There's still a high demand. Home prices are still going up. San Jose's uh, and Santa Clara County is the number one place in the United States as far as rents. And um, in fact, retention, believe it or not, we're, we're hearing a lot about exodus out of the Bay Area, but San Jose leads the nation in people staying in in their city. And then you got San Francisco with a median home price, depending on who you ask, between 1.3, 1.6. Uh, only 12% of the residents can afford, uh, afford a median priced home with the median income, household income. What, what do you make of the market here? I, I mean, it's, do you still invest in it? Do you sit and hold? Do you still do you buy into it? What What are we doing right now? And the market's gone through a lot of changes in the last 10 years. Uh, a lot of new people, a lot of new money, a lot of new interests. If you, we talk about this on the program all the time. If you look at, watch TV, for example, there's all these buy and flip shows, all these remodel shows. I mean, the market has taken a lot of different turns, a lot of different positions. You got a lot of investors out there that are strictly looking to buy, rehab, resell for profit. You got some investors that are buy and hold creating a portfolio. You got people, of course, the majority of the marketplace is we're just domiciling. We're just looking for a home to live in. 
And you got a lot of people that are speculators, I call it, that are just always looking for the new edge. But the market's constantly changing. I'm still bullish on the market. I always has been. I always tell people real estate is a long-term investment. That's the reason why we have a 30-year mortgage. Now, during that time... So we learned our lesson, though, I mean, because now we're saying long-term a long-term investment as opposed to the speculators who are just hoping that they could buy a house and then flip it in a, a year later and make 50 to 100 grand. Or, well, it's even always, though that's it's kind of been, what we're still seeing. It's always been a long-term investment. It's just what happens is people get in and try to change the rules. And as sometimes you can benefit from a rule change, and sometimes you can definitely get burnt from a rule change. But if you the overall perspective of real estate, it's a long-term investment. You buy a house at 30 20, 30 years later, let's say you got a 30-year mortgage and you're, you're just very, very statistical. At, at age 60, that house is paid off. You're about to retire. You have an asset that's free and clear. You don't have to worry about a house payment. That's been the whole um, the whole Memphis uh, be, behind real estate. But a lot of people get in and now make it a living. So as things as, as rules change, you're going to see different things in the market. The market's going to go up. The market's going down. The market's going to hit, hit, hit rock bottom, which it did in the latter part of the uh 2009, 2010. Now we see the market bounce back, and now the market has bounced back with a flurry, and a lot of people have actually got priced out. They cannot afford to buy or buy anything close by. There says actually there's a thing. If you can afford to buy your house that you live in right now, you're actually doing pretty good. So the market's gone through a lot of change, but as we say, we're real estate people, we're estate professionals, we're bullish on the market, we just got to be patient. I'm... I'm going to stick with my opinion on Bay Area real estate, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard me talk about this before. Uh, we have a great ownership pool, an owner pool, meaning that the people who own, they've either refinanced or bought under the tightest guidelines that we've seen in many, many years. They've uh, received the lowest rates we've seen in many, many years, and we've seen they've seen their equity grow in over and over and over over these last few years in double digits in many cases. Why would they sell? And not only that, we also have, and, and selling's the whole driving part behind any kind of correction. Okay. So we aren't seeing that. We're actually seeing the reverse of that. We're seeing people hold their properties. So I'm, I'm putting my money on this, the owners right now. There's not a lot of places for people to move to that, that, that offer what the San Francisco area can offer. The jobs, the, the the all the other amenities that we have here, you're not going to go to Tahoe and live up there because you're, you're going to visit. You might buy a second home up there, uh, which we've been doing quite often lately, or vacation home. You're not going to move to Reno, but you might buy an investment property there unless you're going to go work for you know one of these companies that's moving out there. Um, we're seeing some companies moving to Denver. We saw um, North Face. They're going to. They just announced that they're going to move over to Denver, 600 and something jobs, high paying jobs moving out to Denver. So that I'm sure one of the reasons is so that people can afford a house. So I'm putting my money on the owners. We have some pretty interesting stats here in the Bay Area that we lead the nation in the most amount of homes that qualify for a what they call a, a positive sale, meaning non, a, a, you're not losing money when you sell the property after realty fees and taxes and things like that. And, and, but yet people are still holding their houses. So we have the most amount of people um, keeping their houses. So we lead this, the nation in those statistics. 
I'm putting my money on the, the owners right now. Well, the demographics change. There are many things that change. Like you just said, you know, a person don't want to buy in Tahoe, but actually you can buy in Tahoe depending on what type of job you have. A lot of people now are working from home, working remotely. So once again, there's change going on in the environment. I think what we have to do is to kind of make sure that our decision making is applicable to the actual change that actually taking place. You make bad decisions based on last week's uh, position. I think that's where we get into trouble. Everything is constantly changing. We're in a new era. Of yeah, we've learned we've learned our lessons. Is what technology you're and yeah. everything else. You know, Twitter, all the systems of information that are out there, fake news, good news. There's there's a multitude of different informations out there. You just got to make sure that you qualify and quantify the information. Kind of separate, learn how to separate fact from fiction. The um uh, Freddie Mac weekly survey, they show the 30-year fix to 4.53%. We've been saying that for weeks now, Gordon. It hasn't really moved that much, even in the midst of a couple more anticipated rate hikes by the Fed later this year. Um, rates are still a driving force. Um, and, and unfortunately, I don't have it today with me, but there are some pretty good statistics that say that rates can actually go up even over 5% and still have a good affordability level here in the United States. Maybe not so much in the Bay Area as you're looking at, you know, a million dollar or even more loan amount, not talk purchase price, but loan amount. And, you know, just that small eighth or quarter or half a point in interest rate makes, you know, thousands of dollars a year and compounded even further. Um, we're still seeing that as a driving force. And in the programs, we're going to come back and talk about a little bit about the programs and how they fit into your, um, you know, how they help first-time home buyers. There's a really interesting article about first-time home buyers in Maryland and and how how it can be misleading. And I want to get get to that. Make sure you're getting the right information. We'll come back after this break. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob Black. This is Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Also, welcome to call the show 800-516-1220. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob today. You've heard me many times on Fridays talking about real estate. Joining me today is Gordon Hines. He is the co-host of the Real Estate Report with me on Thursday nights. We do the Real Estate Report, um, shoot, seven years now. I think you've been on it just over two and a half years, maybe three years. Yeah. Time is Um, clocking. Time is clocking. Time is clocking. That's my favorite line. (laughs) We're going to have to fix some of your little axioms here. Anyways, um, we got some tickets to give away. to the Monster Jam Triple Threat Woo! Series. This is, yeah. Uh, this is at the SAP Center between August 31st and September 2nd. Uh, normally you'd get these at Ticketmaster.com, but we're going to give you a family four pack. The first caller. 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220. But you have to say it is a hot, hot, hot real estate market. When you call 800-516-1220 to get your family four pack for the Monster Jam at the SAP Center in San Jose. Awesome. That's between August thirty first and September second. Um, hot, hot, hot market is the key key word. Well, if I wasn't on there, I'll make a call to get those tickets. <laughs> I could see you at a Monster Jam. You know, my yeah. kid saw the commercial and he's just like, "What's that? What's that?" And I'm, I'm like, I have to spend money now in my. 
I have to pay it. Yeah, he, he ran that fast to the TV. Um, it's a great family event. I've been in the past before. It's a great family event for ooh. families. Young kids love it. Middle kids, older people love it. It's, it's fantastic show. I, I pause commercials now. If I'm if if I'm watching TV, which we we watch mostly tape stuff or kids stuff, uh, I tape. I stop the commercials and then I fast forward through them because I don't want my kid to start going. I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. And I don't want to say no, 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 no. I want to eventually, you know, find a different way to entertain him and, and buy him things. We just bought him a new bed. Um, we have like eight beds in our house. It's, it's kind of crazy. He's bouncing from one. We have this jumpy house thing. It does it. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you can call the show eight, eight, 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220, uh, sitting here with Gordon Hines. Gordon's been in the business for many, many years. Um, he's been on all sides of the business. And, and the reason why you came on to the Real Estate Report is because, uh, you know, not just your color commentary, but the you bring a lot of professionalism with you. I mean, you're, you're saying is work with the professionals, always work with the professionals. So that, you know, we admire you for that. And the, your clients do, too. But you've you've been in the business long enough to go through a couple recessions, a couple recoveries, at least. Um, you've had some good years, I'm sure, and some better years or worse years. What was uh, what would you say? You know, we're, we're talking in general, you know, a lot of people want to get into business. A lot of people are in the business. A lot of people are finding ways, to, you know, they're struggling to stay in the business. And it could be anything from property management to flipping homes, to a mortgage broker, to a real estate broker. What's, what's been your, your style? What's, what's made you successful in this business? Well, I can tell you one thing. Sometimes you don't know what to do, but you know what not to do. <laughs> so when I say work with a professional, I work with a, enough non-professionals, lost a lot of money in which I thought I was making good deals. And I realized that's not the right way. So anytime we're talking, I don't care what it is, any profession it is, always work the profession. You get the better advice. You get to get the better results. You got somebody to hold accountable. You know, sometimes facety is facet. It's exactly what it is. So that's the reason why well, I always speak work. So you've been questions. accountable to yourself for 25, 28 years. Well, absolutely. And plus, when you, when, and when, you, when you start moving to the food chain and get to different levels, and now I have to include other people and be responsible for other people's money, I have to be accountable. So I have to use a professional so that if, if there's a problem down the line, I can say, well, listen, this is the person I use. Here is this person qualifications. Something went sour. But if I got fast Eddie, then I have no accountability and I'm responsible for that person's money and that person's return on investment. The, a lot of people want to get, we still get calls from people saying, hey, how do I get in the business? Um, where do I start? What, what would you recommend somebody today? Would you even recommend somebody getting into the business? I'm looking, if I, my opinion is, if I was to get into the real estate business today, it'd be kind of a backdoor kind of entry in maybe construction, like general contract, get my general contracting license. There's just a shortage of, of workers out there right now to, to work on homes. There's so much equity. Money is easy. Equity lines, refinances, uh, stocks. People are fixing up their homes. They can't afford to move, so they're building up what they have, and we can't find enough contractors. That would be my angle. What would you tell somebody to get in the business? Well, you know, as we mentioned earlier, real estate is long-term investment. Everybody, I believe that everybody should own a house. You should always have a place to domicile. Everybody, that way, regardless of what the market does or what the landlord does, it doesn't affect you as a homeowner. So just from generality and from purpose in life, I believe everybody should own a piece of the rock, as we call it, the old commercial, I think, with the prudential. The American dream? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very important. That's the reason why a few years ago, I think Bill Clinton put a policy in place where everybody should be in America, should be a homeowner. Now, that, with that said, that sounds good in theory, but when I say everyone, as always, I use an, I use an 80-20 rule, 80% of the people. There are some people that just can't handle the capacity of homeowners. 
ownership that are that are great tenants. But the overall perspective of the market, everybody should own at least the house that they live in. That way, if anything happens, they always have a place to live. Just 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 economics of life, I call it. So is that is that your first entry into That's the your real first entry? I think if, if you get into that, if you own your own house, you have an entry. You learn how to fix the toilet. You learn how to fix the roof. If you don't have the money to pay the professional, you, you learn how to improvise. And then as you start improvising, you start to get a feel for that. Then you can start to speculate. I believe if you want to speculate, I always tell some people, work with somebody who has done it in the past. That way you can follow their trade. You can you can follow their footprint, see what they that what they do and how they do it. There's something that you can probably improve on because, you know, we are creatures of habit. If a guy goes to left, right first, he's going to tend to go left, right. Then you decide, hey, I don't need to go left to right. I can go right to left. So that's why I say learn with somebody. And then as you learn with someone, you can learn to you know, get a mentor. Can, get a mentor is a good term. You can learn how to precision it yourself. And then before you know it, you become a professional just like me over the years that I've done it. So it's kind of hard to base, to say, okay. The, the people who own homes already don't listen to this. The people who want to buy a home listen to this. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of speaking to the people who are looking to get into real estate but feel like they can't because of where they live. They're not making enough money. Home prices are too high. Or there's not inventory. Or they can't find the house they like. Or it's not in the school, right school district. It goes on. So the, the people who are looking to get into real estate, um, one of the way, things that I've talked about a lot is there's no shame in renting and still owning real estate. Now, a down payment here, 20% down on a $900,000 median home price here in the Bay Area is $180,000. Let's say you have $180,000, but you but the, you can't find a $900,000 house. You, you're, you're looking at a 1.2, 1.3, or you just, you know, it just doesn't work for you. Or maybe you have 100000 and you just can't get it. What about, you know, my philosophy has been get into real estate somewhere where you can afford it. $100,000 on a $200,000 house is 50% down. You can rent that out and start building your portfolio that way. At least you got your foot in the door. Now, the other, when we started this seven, eight years ago, I'm, I'm talking to Rob. Rob. Rob had mentioned in the past that um, you know, REITs would be an option as somebody to get in real estate. They say you have five grand. And you're like, oh, I wish I was in real estate. Well, you can always buy a REIT, a uh, real estate investment trust, and that's one way to get in. You don't have to worry about management fees or bad tenants and things like that. So, I mean, there's ways to get into real estate. I'm just thinking that um, we have a lot of people who who are just sitting there. And again, I'm talking to the group of people who want to get into real estate, whether it's the industry or they just want to buy a property. Um, there's ways to get into it. And it doesn't always have to be that perfect scenario. We're going to come back after this break. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob Black. This is Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. You can always call the show, 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220, or shoot me an email, Tony at com. Tony at com. We'll be right back. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome back in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob. Gordon Hines is co-hosting today. Also sitting in for Rob, Gordon M. Hines. M stands for? Magic. Okay, magic. You've been thinking about all the, yeah, magic. Um, You can always still call the show. It is live, 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220. And thanks, Larry and Concord. He won the family four-pack for the Monster Jam Triple Threat Series at SAP Center. If you missed it. 
You can still buy tickets at Ticketmaster. It's between August 31st and September 2nd at the SAP Center. It's fantastic. My kid loves it. You've been to it, Gordon. It's a great family great event. Show. Larry's going to enjoy it. Larry, hope Le- you're still listening. Uh, and and thanks for all the other, the other people who called. Um, we want to talk about programs. Um, one of the stories that I think, if you're in real estate, you're going to see a lot of these stories. And, and the, the headlines are all out there. And you, you might even see one that says, hey, rates are going up. And the next article is rates are going down. Um, that's how bad real estate uh, news is out there right now, because it's usually tagged with some sort of uh, you know, ad. Uh, to get a mortgage or lease your property or find a realtor or something like that. So it's really hard to find it. But, you know, this is what we do when we found some good uh, news out there. One of the stories that we saw is mortgage default risk climbs to a three-year high. Uh, it, it's not alarming news, but it's something that I would pay attention to as a as an investor, as somebody who's looking to buy a home. Uh, it, and what it means is that the risk of mortgage defaults is is kind of a representation of the type of mortgages that people are getting. It's, it's the loosening of the guidelines by the lenders. And we have what they call qualified mortgages. Those are the mortgages that you have to uh, display the, your ability to repay the loan uh, with paychecks and W-2s and ver- verifications of employments. And then they have something called a non-qualified mortgage. And that's really where we're seeing more of the risk from these lenders and their propensity to take on that risk. Uh, and they're loosening of these credits is causing escalation in the mortgage originations um, to increase about 2% every year because of this. And this is what they're looking for is volume. But Gordon, when you look at a stat like this and you say, okay, mortgage origination is going up, but, but you, we're seeing a 5.6% growth of defaults, where is, and we saw this before, Back in 2005, 6, 7, 8, and then wha-bam. And I mean, wha-bam, we saw a, a big change in the market. But I don't, can, can you even make this comparison? There's the, the, the kind of products we're getting out right now aren't even close to those NEGAM loans, the liar loans, the stated incomes. Is this a comparison, and are we just making, is this just a headline? You know, it's a headline, and I, as we mentioned before, I believe when you're watching news, you're looking at news, you have to qualify and quantify. So, if you read that off the off the chart, it's alarming. But if you go back and look at where we are today versus where we were 10 years ago, the majority of people that have gotten a loan in the last five years actually qualify for those loans. They have skin in the game, right? There will be mortgage default rates for a number of reasons. Death of a spouse, loss of a job, loss of a limb, loss of income, going from Divor- full income divorce. To, 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 to disability, divorce. Another thing that can cause a mortgage default. Now, mortgage default doesn't mean foreclosure. Mortgage default means I think they're down more than 30 days on a payment. They're delinquent more than 30 days on a payment. So if that's beginning to rise now, at some point in time, that can become alarming. But once again, we in the last five years, market's been an all-time highs. Prices are up there. A lot of different things happen. And as different things happens, this is one of those changes that can affect the market. Nothing to be alarmed about, just something to pay attention to, keep your eye on the price. It is kind of minimal when you look at the numbers. It, it, it is rising, but you're looking at very low numbers to begin with. Mortgage defaults have been low for over, you know, we're talking about qualified mortgage. You're talking about Dodd Frank. You're talking about 2010. Again, well, bam, with some of these guidelines, and and you know, you're out there. You had to provide everything and your your next your next born child just to get a home loan, and um, and now we you know we're we had low numbers and they're just coming up. It's the same thing with rates. It, it just it looks like it's a bigger number, um, but you know, we're talking about programs and and. 
again, it's about stories and what you read online and the kind of education that a first-time homeowner can get, or even a repeat homeowner that hasn't bought in many years, gone through a foreclosure, and has just been sitting on the sidelines. And then you go and look at an article like this. It says, first-time homebuyer programs are available. And then, and then it goes right here. Conventional loans require 20% down payment, but FHA loans require 3.5% down. And then you go, okay, I, I can easily go, that's completely wrong. Um, what if somebody's reading this going, I can't get a conventional loan. I have to go to FHA. It's completely false. You can even do a jumbo loan with 5% down, um, let alone do a conventional loan with 20%. You can do con- conventional loans, which is your standard Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you know, five-year arm or, or 30-year fix, 20-year, 15-year, with as little as 3% down if you're a first-time homebuyer. Uh, you know, and, and we'll, okay, so it, it is kind of a story about products and programs that are out there. I like the 30-year fixed, but the programs that are out there are really kind of driving this market, leading back to that whole story about mortgage defaults. I wouldn't be too concerned about that, but would you go into a risky product if you were a first-time home buyer and put 3% down? Well, I don't think 3% down is a risky product at all. If you look at the success of the lowest down payment loans around, which are VA, the only true 100% finance and zero down payment, you look at the default rate on VA loans, you look at FHA, who's been around, we went from 3% to 3.5%, I think about four or five years ago, and the default on those loans are, have, are, have been minimum as compared to a person putting down 20%. If you have a financial crisis in your life, you're going to go into default, no matter how much you put down. Um, your position might change or your attitude might change that that would lead that property to go from default to foreclosure because, once again, we've learned our lesson that when you, people have skin in the game, meaning money invested, they at least like to just walk away and say, oh, well. And that's where we went to the qualify mortgages because everybody has to put money down. Everybody has to qualify because we learned our lesson, what happened back in 2007, 2008, where we had these 100% finance loans, no qualifiers, no income, all those programs that was put pushing volume in the marketplace, but with a disaster for a long-term plan in the marketplace. We've kind of learned our lesson. We corrected that with Dodd-Frank, and now we're seeing the market has made a good recovery. And that's why you mentioned earlier the mortgage default rates can decline, but I'm not too concerned about because people have skin in the game. We have skin in the game. You're going to find a way to work it through. So the programs are out there. Um, the cash outs are there. Um, on, on, on this note, one of the emails that we get uh, quite often is, you know, I, I have a lot of equity in my house. I want to either I want to access that equity and I want to either buy more investment property, i.e. leveraging my property, um, which is a whole nother topic, which eventually we're going to get to and and put a well formulated scenario together for you about the, uh, the that kind of dead equity that you have. It's just not doing anything. What's the rate of return on your, on that equity? But you have that equity and you can access it. And so a lot of people look at the choices on what they're going to do. Are they going to dip in their savings? Are they going to sell some stocks, some RSUs? What are they going to do? Or are they going to get an equity line or are they going to get a cash out refinance? Most of the people who are sitting on a lot of this equity have already refinanced into low interest rates. Why would they want to touch that first loan and, and and they're just getting an equity line instead so they can keep that nice low interest rate. Um, how do you make that decision? I know how I would do it. I would look, I would just look at payment and how, well, I would look also look at how fast I can pay back an equity line because uh, an equity line is a true adjustable loan. 
and every time you make an extra payment towards that, your next payment will go lower. So you can actually change your effective interest rate by paying it off sooner. So if I could pay it off sooner, I might go with the equity line angle as opposed to the total cash out refinance. Um, maybe pay off some debt at the same time, some credit card or car payments, maybe not student loans, but maybe depending on what rate it is in the payment, uh, is it deferred? Um, What's your angle on that? Well, we can all agree. Rates have gone up, as you mentioned earlier in the show. Brisbane, where the Freddie Mac 30-year fix is 4.5%, where a year ago was probably 375 So we have a lot. Of, we, we actually see in this scenario right now where you have people that are calling that are looking to refinance, to have a need for cash, to have a financial obligation they need to satisfy. The, the, the fastest and the easiest and the cheapest place to get money, of course, is on your house. It's basically your primary residence. So you have a scenario. A guy called last week. Hey, Gordon, I've got a 3 and a half percent 30-year fix. I need $100,000 to pay for my kids' college education. They can't qualify for student loans because I make too much money. Uh, what's the best way for me to come with this $100,000? So he has two options. He can refinance that 30-year fix from 35 to 4.5. Of course, he asks me, am I out of my mind? Why would I give a 3.5% rate? Or he says, well, you can get an equity line. It's, 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 a, it's a decision that has to make. It's my brother's favorite line, six and one hand and a half to the other. Now, the, the thing with, with equity lines, first of all, we, we like to caution consumers. They are not real estate loans. They're consumer loans. So they have different obligations, different penalties. That's the first question. The second question, equity lines are great if you have an exit plan to pay them off. It's not a loan that you want to hang on for long term because most of the equity lines fully amortize after the 120th payment, which is 10 years, meaning that whatever your balance is, you pay interest only for the first 10 years, whatever your balance is after that, you get a fully amortized payment. That can cause financial trauma. So you have to be able to manage those accounts and figure out, hey, can I pay this thing off with some bonuses with some sales to stop if I need to and not put myself in a financial crisis. It's a decision you have to make. Talk to your professional. Talk to your financial planner. Talk to us. Talk to your stockbroker, whoever you do. Run the numbers. Yeah. Run the numbers so you can get a professional uh, advice on which decision can work best for you. And I want to add to that, too, is uh, a couple other things. One, they're adjustable. And we're looking at the Fed possible in- increasing interest rates, even though we're not seeing much inflation right now. In fact, we saw some... Uh, indicating that the inflation's not moving up at all uh, not too long ago and also so those are directly affected by equity lines you know your your rates going to go up and two the tax write offs I understand that equity lines are no longer tax deductible. So if you're getting a new one, then you're going to lose out on some of the tax deductions, whereas a, a refinance, you can still write, have that Schedule A deduction, owner-occupied, of course. So those are some of the things you need to look at on those numbers. We get this question all the time. There's a lot of equity in people's homes. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to access it? You can always give us a call, 800-516-1220. You can shoot me an email, Tony at com. That's Tony at com. I'm sitting in for Rob Black. He is... Uh, uh, out today. Uh, again, that's Tony Mendez and Gordon Hines. We'll be back after this break here on AM 1220 KDOW. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome back to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob today. Gordon Hines is with us co-host of the real estate report with me on thursday nights from six to seven same channel um so we talk real estate on fridays uh you've probably heard the show and heard me and rob talking about you know what's going on what are the trends in the bay area 
uh, transnationally, interest rates, programs, how to get cash out of your house. Uh, what's the next big thing in real estate? I don't really think there is a next big thing in real estate. Um, although a lot of people are talking about the exodus out of the Bay Area. Um, but some of the articles that, that you're going to keep seeing over and over and over recently is uh, things are kind of slowing down. Um, we're, we're seeing mortgage applications um, for home, home buyers kind of drop. We're seeing Redfin coming out and saying that there's a weakening real estate market and, and you know their uh, sales volume is a little bit low for existing homes. Um, then there's another article that'll say housing is tipping back to the buyer's market as sellers are cutting more prices. This is something we're going to see more often. Um, you know, it, it, There's a slight chill coming for the Bay Area housing market. Uh, as more price cuts are like San Jose, for example, um, only 7.2% of homes that were sold had a price cut that's increased this year to 9.5%. Um, that was in June. So we're going to see a little bit more of that. Um, personally, I don't see that as a major change in the market. I think it's only leaning towards normalization of the market. Uh, what we look at is days on the market. Uh, the whole Bay Area is right around 36 days on the market. Nationally, it's 64. And then you look at the amount of inventory we have um, sitting available for buyers. And it's I think it's under two months, Gordon. I think it was at 1.6 or something like that. Uh, nationally, I think that's about four and a half, maybe five. The normal market's more like six months of inventory sitting on the market. Um, and you can, have a, you can have six months of inventory on the market, but you can have 30 days on the market, right? You can have homes that sell fast. So if you were to see six months of inventory on the market and you're seeing 60 days, you know, on sitting on the market um, per property, then you can start saying, I'm, I'm a little bit worried that, you know, we're going to see more and we're seeing more price cuts and we're seeing, you know, less over asking. And, and I, I don't see it happening in the Bay area. We just don't have enough inventory. We have a lot of jobs coming in. Um, we have, yes, there are people leaving, but those are the people who might not be able to afford it. Um, we're not seeing a lot of companies leaving the Bay Area. We're seeing them expand, um, keeping their, their operations here, but expanding across the nation, giving you know other uh, communities more opportunities to grow and, and have a good tech company, for example. And I know Facebook and Google are in Texas. And then you got Research Triangle. You have um, you know, Amazon's looking for another headquarters. Tesla's in Reno, and a lot of other companies are moving to Reno. And then you have Sacramento, where a lot of people are saying, you know what, I can work from home. I'm just going to go to Sacramento. I can stay in California. I'm an hour and a half drive. You know, I could maybe come in one day a week kind of thing. So it's it's evolving. I think it's in a healthy manner. Um, it is slow. And that, I think, will lend towards a healthier market in two, three, four years down the road. I would not be concerned about any of these headlines that you're seeing. Um, I would if you were in New Zealand, where they're banning foreigners from buying homes. Um, I thought that was a very interesting article. They just, they're trying to curb the uh, foreigners from jumping up home prices. I, you know, If you own a home and people are overbidding to buy a house, I have no problem with that. Um, yeah, it hurts the, the new buyers, but there's not a ton of inventory on the market, so it's kind of a natural you know, supply and demand. Any thoughts on my take on the Bay Area, Gordon? Well, you said a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I think you, I've, I've, I've always been known to, to talk, talk, talk. Yeah, so. I mean, the market's full of changes. You know, as we always say the market does go up. Uh, one thing that but we always talk about. I think it's healthier right now than it was. I mean, we're seeing a healthy kind of transition. Uh, uh, you know, we, we're seeing an exodus. We're seeing, you know, home prices kind of leveling off more, a little bit more, uh, 
not as many properties on the market, but we're seeing some price cuts. I think it's just actually getting back to reality in a way. Well, the market is stimulated by change. That's one thing I always talk about all the time. And change is is, is both positive and negative. It's almost like a, a tree. You know, a tree has to die in the winter time to spring back in, in in the springtime and to live through the summer. That's what the market does. So the market goes up and down and does change, and that change brings in people and takes people out, and that's what happens. That's actually a healthy marketplace. So when I hear people complain about prices are too high, and I, mean, I heard people complain that couldn't have property in the market, couldn't sell it, had to, I lost it because it had no offers. So, I mean, there's, there's an opposite side to everything that we do that you just mentioned about in New Zealand, how they want to put a moratorium on foreign investors can't buy property. That's ridiculous. That's a very short term decision to a very bad solution, I, I think. You know, could you imagine if some of the cities around here saying, well, the only people that can buy are residents of the city? I mean, it might sound great if you're a resident of that city, but the overall long-term effect of that is going to actually um, um, demolish your product. So free enterprise, I'm a, I'm a fan of free enterprise. I'm bullish on real estate. It will go through change because it is a long-term investment, just like the stock market, for example. Over the last 30 years, the stock market has outperformed every market. There are times where the stock market was down. They had the big, night, uh, I think, 2000, with 2006, we had the big change. We had early 90s, we had the big dips. But if you look at overall complexity and efficiency of the market, the market's put up, just like real estate. Overall complexity and profit is up. So it does go through dips and ups and ups and downs, but long-term, we're bullish. Invest in the market. That's what I'm, I mean, that's what I'm betting on. You also said a lot. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. We're, it's a talk show. We can't go silent. It's not like TV where people can see us. So we have to keep talking, right? Oh, um, uh, Gordon Hines, he's the co-host of the Real Estate Report on Thursday nights. I am the host. Uh, we've been on the air for seven years. You can hear us on Thursday nights from six to seven. Again, it's our seventh year. Same station, AM twelve twenty KDOW. I'm sitting in for Rob Black today with Gordon Hines. You can always email the show. I think you can go to robblackshow.com or robblack.com, and you can get robblack.com. And you can always email me, Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Gordon, for sitting in. No worries. And hopefully we'll see you soon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.